Could you imagine being 12 years old for 200 years? I, I hadn't smoked pot. I hadn't had sex. I hadn't... I just masturbated. You had just masturbated, Dave? Is that what you I had just said? learned... <laughs> well, I didn't know you could hear that. I had just learned how to masturbate. So, so yeah, actually, that would have been okay doing that forever. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, you know... I'm okay with that. You're yeah. going to edit that out, right? No, that's intro <laughs> quote right there. <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. Oscar, take it away me. Children of the night. What music they make. Just fantasize about being killed. I'm running this fucking car now, Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. Are you a vampire? I live off blood, yes. <laughs> and I'm Shaun of the Dead. I'm 12, but I've been 12 for a long time. And this is The House That Screams. Tonight, we are covering the 2008 film, Let the Right One In. Uh, we have Crystal. Do you do something special if you're together? <laughs> <laughs> we have Dave Gurman. Thank you again for another evening steeped in merriment and friendship. <laughs> uh, we have Nico Nice. I got to find one because Crystal just took mine. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I called her earlier in the chat. Uh, oh, no. Squeal. All right. How about Ellie? Squeal. Can you and I be together? Okay. All right. Um, uh, we have Erica, right? If I wasn't a girl, would you like me? <laughs> Very good. And we have a returning special guest and friend of the show, Ian. Yeah, I live here in the jungle gym. Ian's going to start us off tonight. Yeah, um, I specifically like requested to come on this episode when as soon as you gave me the list of all the episodes you were going to be doing in this season, I saw like the right one in and it was one that I just had to be on. Because number one, this is a this is a movie that I've I've never talked about on any of my projects. I've never covered this movie in the slightest, despite the fact that it's potentially up there with my favorite vampire movies of all time. And the the reason that I would say it's probably up there is because I, I just feel like tonally this movie is completely different to almost any other vampire movie that's out there. I mean, you you know, you you, you think of you know, your big ones, you know, you think of Bram Stoker's Dracula, you think of all the other things that we've talked about. I just don't think there's tonally a movie quite like this in terms of as you go through it, it's it, it's it's very slow, slow paced, it's very slow build. And I really feel like when it comes to vampire movies, a lot of them really struggle to pull that off. Um, whereas this one, I feel like pulls it off almost to perfection. And I just... What, would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. 
Okay, uh, Nico. So this was actually on my radar when it when it came out, but I knew that it was a Swedish film, that it was going to be a little bit harder to kind of catch in theaters, especially living in Pennsylvania at the time when, when it did come out. So um, I kind of lucked out and it was on Block, Blockbuster actually had it when Blockbuster was still a thing, kids. Um, and I remember those days. Yeah, I actually still have my membership card, believe it or not. Nice. I worked at Blockbuster for way too long. So, you know, me and my. Oh, yeah, I know. And, you know, look with my, with my Suncoast, because by that time, Suncoast was already gone. So we didn't even have the Suncoast. It was FYE. Um, so it was like a blind rent. I was like, you know what? Like it was at the height of like the whole vampire craze when True Blood was big, Was when True Blood was like at, you know, like I think they're in like the second or third season is when this movie came out. Um, Vampire Diaries was still kind of big. Twilight was still doing what it was doing, regardless of the, you know, whatever. It did help the vampire craze. It did. Um, so I went to that, and I was with my ex-girlfriend, Angie, who we're still actually really good friends today, and we still talk about this movie, and we'll, we'll bring up the fact that it's probably, um, while it's not my all-time favorite vampire movie, that's a movie that we'll be talking about, you know, later in the season. Um, it's pretty up there, and it's... it's um. You know, I, I know we were talking earlier. I feel like that it's like severely underrated, but I, I really don't think if that 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 be a true fact anymore because it is kind of um, it's definitely a cult classic. It's definitely hit cult status, I think, um, to the fact that even Fright Rags in their early days, they didn't an Ellie shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's beautiful. Like the movie like this could have been in black and white, I think. And I think it's still what it came across as like um this this is one of the few like it's 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 beautifully shot it's like how how ian said like it's it's dark it's slow paced it works for for the whole thing you know you connect with these with these characters with these two and yeah and to say what ian said it's it's tonally it's a different type of vampire movie and i and i think it wasn't it wasn't the vampire movie that that we needed maybe at the time but it's the one that we deserved and we got it and it worked. And then the irony is that it's it's two kids are the leads, which which was different for for this type of film. So, absolutely. Okay, um, I'll jump in here really quick. Um, I think it's important to point out um, that Ely is not only physically twelve, but that Ely is mentally twelve, and that's different than what we see either in books or movies, any kind of vampire lore, they tend to, you know, like, uh, let's take an an Anne Rice one, uh, Claudia, she was stuck in that young body, but she, her mental age went up, but Ely is stuck mentally at 12. And that's very important. Um, And I wanted to bring up just uh, to get it out of the way, some points from the book. Um, Mm -hmm. The the novelist who wrote the book uh, two years previous, I'm probably going to butcher this. Uh, John Alvide Lindquist, I believe. Um, he wrote the screenplay as well. But in the book, which, you know, the director decided to tone down on was the fact that Hakan, who is perceived as, you know, by the outside world, perceived as her father, um, was actually a teacher who was a pedophile and uh, caught with child pornography and fired um, and very into Ely, just trying, you know, does all this just to try and get with Ely. And, um, you know, I think that that's, you can, 
get it because this, this movie is so great with tone and um, expression. It is uh, a longer movie, but it doesn't feel long. It just, it's beautifully done, but you know, the hints are there. And um, you know, uh, I just think this is a, not only a, a beautiful and wonderful vampire movie, which the likes we hadn't seen in a long, long time, but it addresses some really important issues for Pride Month that um, I won't hog all of that, but I just wanted to, you know, put that that out there so, you know, anybody can discuss that. Um, so floor is open. Well, I'll just, I'll go really quick. Um, I had seen this, um, I don't know, it's been maybe 10 years, um, but I actually saw the American version first. And I know... <laughs> We can talk about the American version. There's no embargo because I doubt we're going to do uh, Let Me In on this podcast. So uh, you guys feel free if you want to if you want to bring it up. But uh, but I had actually seen the the American version first and I knew that this one existed, but had not been able to get my hands on it. And so it, it wasn't until maybe around that time, maybe a couple of years later that I was able to see this. And it's it's an it's an overly long film. And there are a couple of, of spots in this film where it's it's kind of slow and it kind of drags on. But the thing about this film is a word that I don't use. I don't use a whole lot of big words. A word that I use for this film, it's fucking exquisite. Mm. Like like this, mm. it's, this film is just absolutely fucking gorgeous. Um, and, you know, it's this coming of age story. Uh, Candy brought up uh, uh, Claudia from interview with a vampire and it's interesting because you know how she's portrayed in interview with the vampire is you know they're the same roughly around the same age and they're stuck at that age but claudia is like beautiful right and she has that beautiful curly hair and she cuts it and it comes right back and she's beautiful but Ely in this is just very pale very, I mean, almost abused looking, like lack of sleep, like dark circles under her eyes. But then you get to see those little glimpses when she feeds that she looks a hell of a lot older than, you know, what she normally looks like. It's and jarring. It's very jarring. And and I thought it was it was a very interesting take. Um, the way that they they did the scene um where he need she needed him to invite her in. And he's like, uh, yes. what happens if I don't? And she just says, fuck it. And she walks in and the blood starts, you know, especially my favorite was was to see the blood pooling out of out of the, the follicles and the hair and things like that. Like they just it looked great. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a I can't think of a single thing about this film that I don't love. I, I enjoyed every fucking minute of it. I just want to interject and talk about that. The Let me in just real quick. I didn't hate it. No, I didn't hate it either. I, I didn't, didn't think it was it. a horrible movie. No, and I mean, as as far as remakes go, like it it's decent. Yeah, but it's not this. I feel like I feel like like the soul of of the the you know that remake just didn't carry over to you know from from what the original film was. I don't think like like the soul of that movie carried over to the American because it was very Americanized. Yeah, for, yeah for and that's the was. problem. It's why I think that America should stop trying to remake foreign films because we lose a lot well, trying to make it. You know, t- taking away the culture that is essentially part of 
this story. Yeah, right. I mean, it was that, perfectly cast. I mean, because Chloe Grace Moretz was was. I mean, who else were you going to get at that time? Really, who was Sasha Ronan, maybe? Right. But and even then, I mean, I think she was already a little older to, to be playing that that character. Yeah. Um, the the but, point I the point I kind of wanted to make in bringing that up is we had talked about it previously, um, and I can't remember if we were doing an actual J horror film or maybe it was when we did The Grudge. Um, but someone had had brought up the point about you know the good thing about the American remakes of these films is that it causes people to maybe seek out the original. And that's exactly what happened with me was I saw the American found out there was a remake or an original and, and sought that out. And, you know, I think that that is the good thing about Americanized remakes, you know, with the ring and the grudge and, you know, one missed call and things like that is that one missed call never (laughs) and 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 people people will watch those and they're like oh wow this is a remake like i want to find the original and nine times out of ten the original is ten times fucking better than Mm -hmm. than anything that that you know the americanized version did so that was that that's kind of the point that i was getting to okay um dave and crystal well, I'm ashamed to admit that until uh, I started looking into this film uh, today, getting ready for the podcast, I didn't. It really didn't occur to me that this was a you know queer film. Uh, it was for me what my trigger for this film was the bully, because I was uh, fairly severely bullied in uh, when I was uh, when I was little, and so that really is what you know drew me in was the bullying aspect of it. Uh, so I got to, I got to see it almost in a whole other uh, light. Um, after realizing the, the queer aspect of it, too. And so both sides of it are so interesting to me. And, uh, and I don't mind the American one. We're talking about the American one. I think it's fine, too. Um, but this movie is, is visually just so beautiful. The white of the snow contrasted with the, 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 the uh, red, like we're watching the scene now with the sled. The child's sled is this bright red that he's using. And it's also the, the juxtaposition of childish things with this movie with the horror. Like he's using a child's sled to drag a dead body to dump it in the snow, <laughs> dump it in the ice. That's a big part of the film is sort of the childhood things uh, juxtaposed with the horror of, uh, you know, the, 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 her being a vampire. And the vampirism is, in this is interesting because the way it's portrayed more like an affliction or an illness as opposed to like interview the vampire where it's almost like a superpower. You know, right. she, you, know you, know, I get the, you get the impression she doesn't really even enjoy being a vampire. In fact, in the book, isn't it stated that most vampires kill themselves? That's why she has such a hard time finding other vampires because they all commit suicide. Yeah, because well, it's such a shitty, it's such a shitty existence. Look at look at what the woman in the the hospital did. Virginia, right. she wanted Virginia. wanted to die. So it, it, she she becomes a little more sympathetic uh, as a character because you know, she's afflicted with this uh, not such a great you know way to be. Yeah, yeah, but it was the bullying the bullying parts of this were really triggered me. I, I I started you know going back to some bad places in my childhood from the, the bullying and uh yeah i think of that that scene where he's like stabbing the tree yeah you know he, and it's he like, wants to be a I, villain i remember i remember being a kid because i i dealt with some of that shit too when i was younger and i remember being a kid and you know maybe not so much stabbing a tree but like looking in the mirror and like you know you want some of this? You want a piece of this? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, taxi like, driver kind of. Right, right. Like, like almost like I'm like I'm acting like what my reaction's going to be the next time it happens, and then of course <laughs> the next time comes and I clam up yes. like always. But my turn. Um, I, I'm like you, Sean. I saw the the American version, um, 
before I saw this, uh, this version. But when I saw the American version, I did not know that this version existed. I think it took me a couple of years to find out that this version existed. Um, so I've only seen this version after watching it last night to get ready for this. I think that was maybe my third time seeing it. Um, and I do enjoy this version better than the American version. Um, this version is very stark um, in, in how it's shot. Uh, everything's very bleak, very, very white. Uh, there's a lot of contrast with how everything uh, is. But what kind of got me um, with like a contrast with the American version is how her familiar, the older, uh, the older man in this one, he, he's very, you know, pedo in, in this version, you know, to mirror the book. In the American version, you can tell that um, I think they referenced that he uh, kind of was her lover at one point, was her age, grew up uh, on her. Um, but in this version, he's kind of like a bumbling idiot. He, he kind of messes up everything. And it just, the, the kill in the woods, we were like, how, how is that? How does how do you not get caught? Because it was brightly lit. There are cars going by. And then he starts to run off. And his run, he looks like it's the Benny Hill sketch. I was just waiting for the rest of the line. To come <laughs> like everything, he's just messing up. So you're just waiting for this guy to get, you know, to get his, you know, come up and, um, but uh, I, I felt um, just, the bullying uh, part, I, I recognized uh, when I watched it too. I was heavily bullied in, in middle school because I was a little overweight and I was large chested. Um, and, and being redhead didn't help anything. Um, so I was tossed in garbage cans a lot and um, like uh, thrown everywhere and, and just, it, it was, it was bad. Uh, so that triggered me, uh, especially with him uh, being held under the water in, in the pool. Uh, but I think that, you know, him coming up out of the water and smiling, and, you know, as the camera pans back, that kill scene probably is my favorite scene of the whole movie. Cause you don't, you see, you see feet flying across, you're skimming the pool while he's under it, but you don't see any of those kills. So I, I I think that's probably my favorite. And the way the audio is muffled. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Yeah. It's just absolutely brilliant. Scene. And he just smiles uh, seeing mm -hmm. Eli's face. So I think, yeah, for me. Yeah. Okay, um, Ian. Uh, do you want to let Erica go first? And then oh, we'll yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Erica? <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. buddy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was fortunate enough to see this when it was first released, um, not because mainstream uh, theaters in Lincoln, Nebraska were cool enough to show foreign films, um, but the university theater shows foreign and independent films, so a close friend and I got um, a ticket to see it opening weekend, um, and uh, we both uh, loved it immediately, and then... Um, 
a few, you know, like uh, when the American remake came out, I did see that. I didn't think it was a terrible remake, but I don't think it, it captured, you know, the, the magic of the original Swedish film. Um, that said, I have not read the book and was just catching up on some synopses of the book today and was um, intrigued and uh, kind of surprised at some of the stuff that was left out of both film adaptations um, between, um, well, especially, I'm sure this will come up later, but when Ellie uh, asked Oscar, like, would you like me if, you know, if I weren't a girl? I thought that was just referring to the fact, you know, as a vampire, you know, like maybe there's there's no gender um, with that. But in the book, that has a whole other meaning. <laughs> and I had no idea about that element um, to the plot. And I also did not know that her um, caretaker slash father figure was actually a pedophile, you know, based on the films. I... Um, I thought perhaps that, you know, maybe it was similar to what they imply will happen with Oscar, that maybe it was someone roughly her age and they had a romantic interest in each other. And then he just grew older like humans would and she stayed the same age. I, that's kind of what I assumed. I didn't know that he was a, a pedophile. So, yeah, that was an interesting element. <laughs> yeah. Once you once you like think about that, when you watch the film, you, you can see like subtleties of it. Mm hmm. But it goes a lot yeah. more in depth. Yeah, we, we commented on the scene where he's standing outside the gymnasium, staring in through the window. Yeah. It's like severe. Ew, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, definitely creepy. Yeah, right. And then it's also like, how do you not see that dude in this the floppy hat? Staring. <laughs> right. Yeah, they were playing basketball and he was probably loving every. Oh, God, that makes me puke. No. Uh, he definitely would not be inconspicuous there, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of weird, inconspicuous dudes, Ian. What? <laughs> 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 just to pick up on a few points that have sort of been brought up there. Uh, number one, uh, Sean, all Scottish children are that pale and abused looking. That's just <laughs> how we look. That's just how we grow up. Um, no, but um, I've also seen Let Me In. And again, like most of you, don't particularly hate it, but it's just a bit of a empty shell compared to to this movie the this i think i think it was nico that mentioned it the, the soul's just not there um in comparison to this it's just not translated over at all um and we were mentioning obviously the length of the movie and the sort of pacing of the movie and how it, you know it's a little bit long but i i mean i i've seen this movie maybe five or six times in total now and i watched it yesterday for obviously the purposes of this show and Honestly, I genuinely thought I was about five minutes into the movie and I'd watched the whole first hour. Like, I, I just, it just did, does not feel slow to me at all. Like, I, I know it's a slow paced movie, um, but it just absolutely flew by. I think it just captures you, it completely encapsulates you in the storyline because, as we were talking about, it, it looks so beautiful. It's so well acted. It's so, you know, everything about it is just so good that it just completely encapsulates you into the movie. Totally agree. Um, I'll jump in really quick. I wanted to talk about this is not something that I talk about often, but I wanted to talk about the use of sound in this movie was just absolutely brilliant because it wasn't overdone. It was done creatively like, you know, like we even hear blinks and it was like rubbing grapes together. Like, you know, the Foley artist was getting like super creative, but, you know, um, 
and um to speak on you know some of the, the beautifulness my my favorite what i think is absolutely like stunning and it's so fucking weird but i mean we're two and a half years into this show fuck it um the, the <laughs> swimming pool like i think that is so beautifully done yeah. we you know like uh i think it was crystal talking about you know we don't see the kills but you know we're sort of underwater and we've got that muffledness we're there we're uh, this is a very immersive film you feel like you're there and um i just think that that scene is so beautifully done and so well done and i wanted to bring up something that you know um i was i came late to this movie um i saw it for the first time i think sean was like whoa you got to see this film you know and i knew it existed i just never got around to it and um you know, so I think th last night was my second time seeing this movie. But the first time that we watched it afterwards, we were like, what do you think would happen? You know, because we see them escape together, you know, after the miraculous, you know, swimming pool saving, you know, oh, Ely's back and he's and he's happy. You know, Oscar's happy. And you see them off together, you know, still doing Morse code while she's hidden on the train and whatever. And they're saying kiss to each other, you know, like, so, you you know, this is a different relationship than the one clearly that, you know, Hakan, you know, the father figure, pedophile, whatever the fuck, uh, just horrible person. Uh, wasn't sad to see him go. Although he doesn't die in the book. Yeah. Well, in the movie, he wasn't good at anything he did. No, so. he's so <laughs> Like, he was so inept. He was so fucking inept. And she, has no, and she has no respect for him, too. You can tell. Yeah, she's yeah. like, move. You're in my way. Right, move. And, yeah, yeah, she has no, she has no respect At one for point, him. Ely was going to reward Hakan, who, who didn't want to go out and do these kills anymore, and said, okay, because um, Hakan wanted to get in a relationship with Ely, who I will refer to as a they, them. Um, you know, I don't feel comfortable with the she or the he. Like, I'm just going to go they, them on this. But... Um, Elias reward was going to be like, okay, you can lay down in bed with me and you can touch me only. You can't do anything else. We're not going to have sex or anything, mm -hmm. but you can touch me. <clears throat> and, and it's just, it makes me want to vomit, but, but we were asked, <laughs> but anyway, Sean and I were asking the question, like, what do you think is going, you know, what's going to be their future is, is, you know, it's going to be the same sort of situation, but better, obviously, because I really feel like, you know, Ely found like a, a true friend, and uh, a confidant and and you know there is some romanticism i guess to their relationship as much as there could be um but do you think that it would just be like uh you know i guess it's hung the hunger vibes here but you know just another companion or do you think you know like i, I you, you gotta wonder what the future would be so i i like to just broach that question um nico i was gonna say that i mean a couple themes with with the film um one friendship is is probably one of the one of the prevalent i mean aside from the romance i'm like they're they're friends first um more than anything else um you know the parental the lack of parental guidance in this film also i, I feel like is a big thing like the theme of loneliness is another one um you know it almost seems like this is going to sound a little crazy because it's about with, with the kids, but it's, it's borderline like voyeuristic almost because like we're, we're kind of pinpointing into like Oscar's life at, at this point. And he's, he's such a lonely boy that he, he latches on to, to Eli or Ellie, however you pronounce it. And um, just doesn't want to let that go. And I, I mean, 
I feel like a lot of us growing up, like, I mean, like we were, you know, the, the theme of bullying too, like we, we were like that where maybe, maybe we felt like we were alone, but then, you know, there's like that one person that we feel is a consistently regular part of our lives that we can lean on. And I, and I think that's, that's a very big theme in this film, you know, um, and to kind of go with what you were saying too, like the sound effects were like second to none in this. Like, I really feel like, I don't know, like I, I, there's only there's only one scene that's kind of like super cringe and i'm sure we're going to get to it like soon <laughs> i mean even though because I, I had to look it up just to see exactly how that scene was exactly done just to be sure that you know the the one child was actually safe doing that that scene um other than that though i mean that this the, i really can't say a bad word about this movie I mean because it, it it hits on on so many levels and it touches on so many topics you know <laughs> It's it's like the growing pains, even even for for the vampire, the vampire is still going through growing pains after all these years. It's still like going through like that awkward like adolescent phase. Still, actually, just stuck in it. Yeah, and can't and can't get out of it. Which I mean, that that's another thing is like pain is a big theme in this in this film too. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, a lot of themes there, and and it does them very well. Um, Erica. Yeah, I, I feel like um, the, the film version, you know, I, I haven't read the book, I just read synopses, but I mean, there's definitely this element where you can, you can kind of analyze and debate, like, uh, if the the friendship or romance, whatever you want to call it, is one-sided or not, like, is Ellie just using Oscar because she needs uh, a new caretaker, um, or, or is there actually, like, a, a deeper connection involved? Not that I know what it would be like to uh, try to bond with a member of another species who's a predatory, obligate carnivore who needs me for food and shelter and things like that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yes. (laughs) But I I feel like that's like definitely an an element you can really uh, look into deeply with this, this film. I think it's a combination of both, personally. I think there is a connection, but also Ellie needs, uh, you know, some, someone who can help with uh, survival needs, basically. Basically like the daywalker. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, Crystal and Dave. Well, just uh, I wanted to touch on something Nico brought up about how Oscar is so alone. Uh, I found it fascinating that in the scenes with his mother, you know, he lives with his mother, but she's so wrapped up in her own world even in the scenes where they're in the scene together she's either blurred out or or they or she's like uh separated from him by a door or in the other room it's just fascinating to me how they this movie's so visually interesting it's one of those movies you could like pause it every you know five minutes and then deconstruct visually what's going on on the screen too it's just a master class in in, in editing and, and um, uh, shot compositions you know stuff that i i wish i was that i knew about just visually brilliant film. The the white and the red. I'm watching. We're watching it out. In every scene where there's white, there's also red. They use the red to really uh, punctuate. Um, I guess the horror. The white would be sort of innocence, and the the red is uh, the horror. Every scene there's white and there's red as we're watching this. Either the blood in the snow, the sled, uh, the, the final scene on the train, the bag on the on the seat across from it is red as the snow is going by outside. It's just just absolutely brilliant. They said they actually did it intentionally to have like red and orange. I think like in every scene to kind of yeah. like because of like of, of of the color of blood. Yeah. yeah. If anybody knows like, like 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Eli could eat. Um, I was just going to say, in the Renaissance uh, era of art, they intentionally use the color red to direct your eyes around the painting. So mm -hmm. I think that uh, a lot of what's used here, um, you know, this traditional like art um, concept to, you know, direct your eyes to take it all in mm -hmm. or to serve as a contrast. And that was done very well. That's why Renaissance school of art, you know, in that time period tends to be, you know, some of the most talked about as far as like, if you're an art nerd like me, but, that's exactly what's going on here. And it's so visually effective in any medium. So I'm sorry, Crystal. Um, no, you're fine. You, you would ask, you, you said something about, you know, them growing up or, or them, uh, Oscar growing up or them, them going on, uh, what would happen. Uh, there is actually a sequel to the book um, called What Kept You So Long uh, that was written to, uh, it's a short story uh, that explains kind of what happens uh, that kind of closes the story out for them. Do you want to share? I, I, um, I actually haven't read it. I'm not aware of what's in it. Oh, um, well, yeah. So it's not a predatory uh, situation at all. Um, and Oscar gets turned into a vampire. That so. was my hope. Yeah. Good, good. So. It kind of closes their story out. Really I was kind nice. of thinking that was going to happen, but is he still a kid or is he a little like older, like a teenager or an adult? No, he he was still a kid. Okay, he was. A kid. But uh, like I, I, I kind of like I kind of figured maybe she would have turned him like as an adult, so this way he can kind of go out and like do like her bidding for her that she couldn't like as a as a child. You know what I mean? That like he can he can maybe get yeah. away with. But it yeah. makes sense that it, it, it makes it makes sense. Yeah, Oscar to be the same age because yeah. they have that connection. Yeah, yeah. No, the the one scene that got me and I I was cracking up. Dave kind of looked at me like I'd lost my ever loving fucking mind. Um, <laughs> was when we had a cameo appearance by one of when the Paltrow's vagina eggs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and then like you know expensive egg. Yeah, and then you know she's she's telling Oscar, you know this, you know you could buy a nuclear plant with this, and he's like, I I don't want that, and I was like, nobody wants you know going to Paltrow's vagina egg and, and buying nuclear plants, so you're smart there, and then he's like, touch it, and I was like, nope, don't do that, don't that's trap, don't do it. <laughs> it's still warm. Ew. <laughs> Don't don't do it! Don't do it! Don't touch it! <laughs> oh, pepper pots. And, I, and I'm sorry, but if you have like you know the scene where there where he gets her to try candy and she obviously can't eat, you, you come to me. I'm going to turn, turn you into an immortal, an immortal, you know, killing machine. But you can never have candy again. I'll be like, ah. Uh, it was NECA wafers, and they do actually make me puke because they're fucking gross. They don't count as candy. <laughs> no, I, I'm looking at the NECA wafers, but uh, yeah. candy Fuck in general, NECA I wouldn't wafers. be able to give up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be a rough one. That would yeah. be tough. I, can, I need to be... Yeah, but, can I have chocolate, please, just a little bit? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Maybe, maybe somebody can remember. There. Oh no, no, no! It was Dogma, wasn't it? With Alan Rickman, he was. Yes. He was the angel. The, 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 the he was the angel. And, he was, and, he was and, the angel. He could. Uh, he could. He could drink. He could drink alcohol. And but it flew straight through him. Yeah. 
He has to spit it. He can't swallow. He had to he spit, it, spit out. it out. Yeah, he had to spit it out. Like God, yeah, cancel the spitting. Yeah. By the way, Alan. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Oh, oh man. Oh, what a, what a treasure. No. Oh my God. What a loss. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll say it. It's not Christmas until I see Hans Gruber falling off the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> yeah. You got that right. Um, let's hear from uh, our guest a little bit more, uh, Ian. Yeah, just um, obviously we're talking about all these things. We're talking about, you know, how visually striking this movie is. We're talking about all these different things that we're, we're gathering from the story. But it, it really strikes me that all of this is really done in the most simple way in the movie this movie strikes me as a very minimalistic style of movie as well you know and it just it almost baffles me how they managed to achieve so much how they managed to make it so visually striking how they managed to get so much story you know so much so much so that we're we've now been talking about this for best part of what three quarters of an hour but really there, there there's not a lot on screen you know you're talking about the fact the, the use of the color red and that's that's you know very, it's a very simple thing to do, you know, to have something red in each of your scenes, but it it means so much to the whole story. I just, I can't get past just like, I think this is just such a clever film. I think this is such a smart movie that it's, yeah, like it's, it's, it's just, it's, it is, it's just such a smart film. I think it, it does a fantastic job. Um, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and they're known for that part of the world for being, you know, of simplistic design and just, you know, I, I just, I totally agree with that. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, a lot of the horror films we talk about, you know, they try too hard. They throw, you know, too many jump scares in or whatever. This movie is just simple and it, but yet it, it manages to convey so much. And it's like, so I wanted to bring up our friend Roger Ebert here on this, uh, who and, and we say our friend because he hates horror movies. Yeah, but Roger Ebert this. gave this three and a half out of four stars and said, you know, compared it to Nosferatu, you know, like, you know, this like art house level vampire film said it's the best modern vampire film, you know, and that I, I, I it's so weird for me to say this, but I 100 percent agree with Roger Ebert on this, like he got it like there. Cause I think there are some films that he shit on that didn't deserve it, but this film deserved the praise that he gave it. And he put it really eloquently cause he is a good film critic, but you know, it just for a guy who hates horror, he really, he really understood and got this film. And, you know, I agree. I just, I just have to agree with that rating. it. It's so, it's so good. Um, to kind of piggyback off that real quick, I remember when when the movie came out, and I think even at the end of like the decade, because this came out in what was it 07? It was, uh, it was released oh for us. Oh, oh wait. So like even at the end of like like the the uh, 2010s, this one was on like like the, the top horror films of the decade, even like this this was like high on the list for a lot of people's like you know, even I think even to this day, this movie still kind of ranks very highly on a lot of people's lists oh, for yeah. Um, not not even just for horror films, but just the film. Period. Because like it's it's a it's it's a this is a film. This isn't a movie. This is a film, because there, there is a difference in in the term. Um, this this is one hundred percent something that it it you feel when you walk out of it. Like when you're done, you don't forget it. It's not easily forgettable, which is which is one key for any film to to stick with you. Um, you know, it's got a lot of open ended interpretations especially with the ending because you know i mean obviously we know that there's a sequel short story now but you know if if that didn't exist we we would still be kind of pondering like what 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 did the future hold for these two characters you know um 
the like we were talking about before, like the themes that the movie kind of has front and center, you you feel this stuff because you can relate to a lot of these things. And I think that that's the key with, with this is that it's a very relatable film at its essence. And to kind of piggyback off of what Ian was saying, it's it's um beauty is in its simplicity. It's it's very he's right, it's very minimalist. It's very there's not a whole lot of locations in this movie either. There's really not. There's maybe what three or four tops, if that. And yeah. mostly it's in the courtyard. Yeah. That that they call it by yeah. the jungle but, gym or in the apartments. All of the projects. Those, all of those scenes in the courtyard are so fucking great. Yeah. I mean yeah. the <laughs> you know, the very first time he meets her, she's like, I can't be your friend. You know, and he's he's confused because he's you know, he sees her out the window and it's like he doesn't have any friends. He's nonstop bullied. His he right. lives in a broken home. You know, which, you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but, you know, that was my childhood. Same. You know, I was Same 12 when my parents divorced. I dealt with bullying. And, you know, I know that feeling of, <laughs> of aloneness. And so he sees this this new person. And, and I think ultimately it wouldn't, wouldn't matter to him whether it was a girl or a boy. It was just someone new that he can interact with. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one that I can, you know, become friends with This that, that sees – what I bring to the world, you know, where everybody else just shits on me, you know? Right. And she immediately tells him, I can't be your friend. And, <laughs> you know, but then you get the follow-up scene with the Rubik's cube and, <laughs> you know, she becomes curious and he lets her take it. And she's like, well, I may not be here tomorrow. And he's like, that's okay. You can give it to me the next day, but no later, you know? <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's How very 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, it's very, it's endearing. You know, it's very endearing. And the relationship that these two have, that is the movie. You know, the the whole vampirism stuff and, and the horror and all that stuff, that's all, you know, kind of side. You know, that that's an aside to the coming of age relationship that the two of these characters have. Well, I was going to uh, comment on that. I really like that, you know, 12 is, is a really interesting age. You know, they call it tween now. Um, but you're not quite getting a boyfriend or girlfriend. And if you do, you know, you might hold hands. Like, I mean, it's, there's, there, it's kind of innocent unless you're Sean and a complete <laughs> nut. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, like, I don't know. He was, do he tell was... Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets. That's not a conversation that maybe he wants to share, but hmm. um, no more. You know, we'll, we'll like, have, we'll have bro talk just... later. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, the uh, <laughs> the ages of like you know twelve and 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 then into thirteen and suddenly everybody's you know going steady with somebody. So we have Oscar asked to go steady and um, well, what is you know? And we have Eli going, well, what does that mean? What what do I have to do? You know? So it just shows kind of this heartbreaking like what has Ellie you know Eli or however you pronounce it um had 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 to do in the past, and that is uh. I brought up in chat, uh, I believe yesterday or the day before, um, I, when I talked about this on another podcast, because um, we were talking about queer horror films, it reminded me of that Anne Rice book, Cry to Heaven, with the castrati and all that. And, you know, just like when Ely's changing into one of his mom's dresses, you know, of course he sneaks a peek, you know, kids are curious at that age, you know, like, well, you know, but the whole gender thing, even after that, doesn't seem to matter to Oscar. So at its heart, there's still like this innocence. And um, 
I think that's when you when you read Cry to Heaven by Anne Rice, you see that because Strati can only have these kind of like romantic entanglements, but there's no like physicalness to it because of the castration. And then with the um they were castrated the, these young boys to uh preserve their beautiful voices, you know. Um and so that is, you know, um Ely's past. Ely was actually Elias and castrated uh, around the time that he was turned. Um, but kind of, you know, very androgynous, you know, been doing this for 200 years or whatever. But I think that's a neat thing. But I, but that innocence that still comes across, you know, like I just need a friend and I need somebody to love. But like, can we leave sex out of it? You know, can we just kind of keep it like this? You know, right. and, and I like that message because you know, it, it speaks to a, a lot of different things. And I think that's just so much the heart of this film. Yeah. You know, everything else. Can I, is, can I just tell you too, I was 10, eight years old when I found out that Eli was Elias and that, that whole scene. So it makes that scene even more heartbreaking when you see, I mean, yes. not, not, not the, when, when I said cringy earlier, it was just the fact that like, cause prior to finding that out today, I didn't know. So I was like, why are they showing this young girl's genitals? You know, why, 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 mm. why am I seeing this in this film? Cause that was the only thing that, that I was like, what the fuck in this movie? Like really was like, I didn't need to see that. And then to find out why we saw it now, yeah. it takes on an even more heartbreaking twist to that. Because, because often Ely says, I'm not a girl, but you right. think maybe it means, well, I'm a vampire and vampires right. kind of, you know, mean like, I'm not, you know, like, uh, I believe some Erica said that, you know, like meaning mm -hmm. that different species, not as like mm -hmm. gender. Well, plus too, yeah. like you know, because we, we, you know, we talked about True Blood prior to we got going on the show. Like even in True Blood, the vampires on True Blood, there's 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 no gay, straight, bisexual. They they just do what they want to do because whatever they're vampires. Yeah, and mm -hmm. whether it's a man, a woman, or whatever, a vampire is gonna do what a vampire is gonna do. So I think yes, you're right. It when when we're we're told throughout the movie when she keeps saying or or Eli keeps saying I'm I'm not a girl. We're like, okay, so you're a vampire and you want to do what you want to do. Cool. But we don't realize that this, this tragic past for this character really does exist. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, in, in a way, she, like, and, and I think that also kind of helps for the overall characterization of that character. Because, you know, Eli or Ellie, whatever, is is portrayed as almost being selfish in a way, even though trying to push oscar away but still pulling them pulling them in because you know it's always like that theme you always want what you can't have so of course like by acting like that he's going to want to be with her even more you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so well, i think it's i think it's kind of a mixture too of like she's lived this life for 200 years and and right. she knows by getting close to him like what she's inevitably going to lead him to you know the lifestyle that she's a part of she doesn't want to see she doesn't want him to see her feed that scene where he, you know, when they go down to that little clubhouse and he cuts his hand, mm -hmm. you know, and the blood's dripping and she immediately has to feed off of it. And she does not want him to see that, you know, and, but he, you could tell he, it's a painful experience for Ellie. Right. Right. And, and just like the, you know, when she walks in, when he doesn't invite her, like she knows that's going to be a painful experience for her, but she does it because she's kind of gotten to the point to where he needs to see the real me. Like if right. he's if he's gonna yeah. if, if he wants this relationship, he has to see what I'm capable of. And yeah, this is what you're getting into, right? Right. Yeah, Just like, like and I like that whole 
And you can't eat candy just ever again. A yeah. minute. Be me. Yeah. Just, no. just for a minute. Be me. And you understand that more when you get the back context that, you know, um, the director did not want to put into the film. But once you know that, it means something much more in the film. Like yeah. it, you, you enrich yourself and then you watch it again. But, you know, you know and just like, and real quick, Dave and Crystal, uh, I'll let you go. But just like what, what I said earlier about, you know, watching the Americanized version caused people to want to watch the original version. A lot of people, when I was looking for ammunition for shitty reviews, which we're going to we're going to get into, um, <laughs> they a lot of people talked about, you know, I read the book, the movie shit compared to the book. Right. That That's always the fucking case. There's Fight Club is like the only movie I've ever seen that is so close to the fucking book. It's not even funny. But nine, 99% of the time, the book is always going to be better than the movie, regardless. And, you know, but if you look at it through that lens where it's like, okay, I've seen the movie. Now I want to read the book. You know what I'm saying? Like, like don't complain like, oh, the fucking movie's, sh you know, shit compared to the book. The movie is a catalyst for people to want to seek out this book. I've never read this book. I haven't read the book either. It's on my but, Amazon list now. Exactly. But because... Because of my love for the film, I want to seek out that book. That's what Eric and I did with Audition, and it totally enriches the film. Right. More conversation, more depth to what we're seeing on the screen. So, yeah. sorry, David and Crystal. Wait, I got to yeah. just jump in one, one last thing, just to kind of piggyback off of what Sean was saying. I'm so sorry. So, hey, Candy, you said the same thing, too, how this is me, and even Dave said it, this is how I really am. It's almost like when you're in a relationship with somebody to the point where, like, as, as a female you feel comfortable enough that you don't have to put on the makeup and do your hair. Like this is me wearing the sweats, wearing the, the, the oversized t-shirt, whatever the case may be. Just like with the guy, like this is me when I'm just walking around in my boxers and a, and I a tank top. the point where you start feeling comfortable and with farting in front of each that's other. That's what I'd say. Yeah. When you can, when you can like rip <laughs> I mean, ass in front of somebody, honest. then, then, you know, that's it. When you, when you yeah, know, when you, when you can literally go to the bathroom <laughs> and fucking drop like a monster duke and it's whatever <laughs> at that point, you know. It's kind of like, sorry, somewhere. you might want to clear out. Oh, yep. boy. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the key to marriage is dropping a deuce and just not flushing it and leaving it. <laughs> leaving it no, that, that's the key to divorce. Mm -hmm. no, yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was some anger on uh, when he's done that a couple times. He hasn't done it since. Yeah, you're That's right. Crossing the fucking line. You're right. Yeah, that yeah, is that, divorce. That, yeah, that, mm -mm, mm -mm. Okay, yeah. um, oh, Sean, even <laughs> Crystal. Let's hear from you guys. Well, Nico brought up the Rubik's cube, and just real quickly, I, that to me, that two things about that are fascinating. He's giving her what is ostensibly her first taste of a childhood, a childish thing, and also uh, out there in the white of that playground, the Rubik's cube is very colorful. So he's giving her, uh, uh, you know, he's adding to her life in a colorful way and giving her something childish. And she, I love the way that she just, she's like, oh, at first she's very sort of dismissive of like, what is that stupid thing? And he shows her, she's like, ah, you know, and, and she's kind of interested in kind of like when he hugs her uh, and she's kind of all stiff, like she doesn't know quite what to do with it when the first time he hugs her. It's, it's kind of sweet that he's giving her her first taste of maybe what in hundreds of years what it is to be a child again. Which, which is completely contrasted with one of my favorite scenes when she comes up and hugs him near mm. close to the end. You know, she's mm. got the blood all over her face and she comes <laughs> yeah. up yeah. behind him and wraps mm. her arms around him. I love that scene. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I have. I, 
can I just bring up the fact that I love the revenge scene in the pool, even though we really don't see it. I think it's that is so done. No, yeah. when he whacked the kid in the ear with the, with the rod, I'm telling you that I, I wanted that to be me when I was bullied. I was like, God, I wish I could have just whacked somebody. Which, I, I, I really, and I'm sorry for spoiling this, but I, I, I think that stranger things, the new season kind of homaged, let the right one in, in the second episode. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry. In a weird way, have you seen it, Dave? Chris, have you seen it? Yeah, we watched it. Like the fourth or fifth episode, though. Okay, at the rink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the roller skate. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, So maybe maybe that's kind of like those vibes. Because I know, I think I I did read, I think what the right one in was one of the like the Easter eggs for this particular season. (laughs) For that episode, for that with the roller skate scene. Fucking spoilers! So. Jesus, <laughs> watch it already. Yeah, no shit. Right, watch it. right. What the fuck are you doing? Kate, maybe Kate Bush has entered the, the the chat now. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they got that because they watched the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, you um, got it too. <laughs> that was yeah. the last episode we watched. Yeah, I still don't like you. Which, by the way, was the best episode of that entire the entire series is that one, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, I have to kind of echo what a few of you said. Like, I was also bullied a lot in elementary school before I was homeschooled. And, like, the bullying happened at, quote-unquote, nice private Christian schools. And the teachers... Private schools are mean, though. Yeah. yeah um, teachers didn't fit. So, I mean... Yeah, watching watching movies like this where there's that element of bullying and you're just waiting for the comeuppance or the revenge, that those scenes are super satisfying, like the scene where he stands. <laughs> yeah. It's a like to rewind it and watch it again. Yeah, catharsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, that, that final scene in the pool is, is great because you don't see exactly what happens, but it's like a it's a bit funny, like especially seeing the kids' feet kicking in the water <laughs> and sliding backward like that's Yes, and she so leaves cool. and she leaves the one kid alive, which I love. Well, the, he was like very just, reluctant. He was to... the reluctant bully. And she just leaves him there and he's just weeping into his own hands. Yeah. But he's gonna have the, the things he's gonna be telling his therapist yeah. later on. He's yeah. the one who's gotta tell it, and nobody's gonna believe him. <laughs> right. Well, it's but like, isn't that like poetic justice though? Because he was participating in the bullying, whether reluctantly or not. Still did um, so he got to live, but there's a price on that. Yeah, Candy, you, you, and I, you and I always we've been using this phrase more and more recently since we, we, we talk about our other project where it's theater of the mind yes. that really kicks in in a scene like that because we don't see exactly how she's off in these little fuckers but <laughs> how she's doing it in our head it's like well it's got to be vicious as fuck if the pool's filled with fucking blood Right, and you see like a head drop into the water, and yeah, (laughs) which, which, by the way, and and I know we brought up the American. It it doesn't have the same flavor in the American version when that scene happens. Right, it's I I think it's it's way better done in the in the original Mm -hmm. Swedish version of of this film. It's the simplicity. It's the use of sound. We are Oscar in the pool, holding our breath, Mm -hmm. starting to pass out. Things are muffled. Not really sure what's going on. And then it's just, you know, he's able to, you know, be brought to and come and just smiles because his friend is back. His <laughs> steady is back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I just I really love that Oscar doesn't mind that Ely's not a girl. And mm-hmm. I think that's why the importance of that shot that we're that brief where we see, you know, that uh, 
mangled genitalia it, it's there so briefly just so we know that oscar is okay with this oscar knows that it's not gonna be like you know a boyfriend girlfriend situation it's more about two lonely characters who are young and and have been bullied and have been through shit and they need each other and uh and I just I love the concept because we all know I love vampires, but this the concept of, you know, a, an, a vampire staying mentally the age that they were turned, you know, um, so that way, you know, it, it, it's a totally different relationship. And it's it's innocent in a way, even though we have, you know, a kid who was bullied, who practices, you know, saying things like stabbing with a knife and collects weird clippings. But we know he's not going to do anything. He will now. But, um, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, you leave this living this this if you, you want to call it life or unlife. I mean, there, that is sort of questioned in the movie. Like, well, do I look dead? Are you because, you know, right after the quote that I said, are you vampire? I live off blood. Yes. Well, are you dead? Do I seem dead? <laughs> You know, so it's just the, like the answer is yes. She does look dead with that pale skin. As far as like I have an existence, I I have a lifestyle, and you know it could be better, and that's why you know I've chosen to be friends with you, and you know it was sort of let the right one in. This was apparently the right one for both of them, but it has that innocence to it, and I that's. One of my favorite parts to it, even amidst all this violence and and just horribleness, there's this innocence between them. Real affection. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think the title applies to both of them. It's not correct. just you know, it's a play on the whole you know, let the right one in. The you vampire have to invite in. the vampire in. But I think it applies to Ely as well. Is you know, let the right one in. Like now that that this pedophile you know, man figure that, you know, was, was killing for her is gone. Like you have to let the right one in, you know, to replace him because he was, he was dead weight at this point. Cause he yeah, fucking we, sucked at everything. Needed a he real did. companion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ian. Yeah. I just want to sort of pick up on something there because obviously, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about, you know, sort of um, the gender roles of this movie and, the conversations that it's kind of sparking, you like to say this movie was released in 2008 and the fact that we're having these conversations about this movie, which is just places this film so far ahead of its time as well, because a lot in the mainstream, these are conversations that haven't really been happening until, you know, very, very recently in the past, what, three or four or five years. And it, I just find it so fascinating that this movie from 2008, this little sort of like Swedish no movie, because I agree with you guys. I think, you know, a lot of people would not have come on to this movie had it not been for Let Me In, regardless of how you feel about that. So I, I, you know, these sorts of conversations were being had, I think, like on the continent across Europe, you know, which is, I think, generally seen, I don't know how you guys see it, but it's generally seen as being a little bit more sort of progressive when it comes to these sorts of things, when it comes to sexuality and sex and love and gender and all those sorts of things. So I just really want to point out that this movie was ahead of its time in terms of Western civilization. hundred percent. Um, Nico. Can I just tell you like, this is such a, it's this, this is a first world problem, but it ties in with COVID. You know how bad it sucks that I was in Indianapolis, as you know, during 2020 and the week, the world shut down, we were supposed to go to horror hound in Cincinnati. 
Lena Leanderson was one of the guests that was going to be there and it was her first convention. And I'm like, this is going to be fucking awesome because like, I'm like, I'm going to be Kevin Smith. I'm going to get this center, but I'm like, I'm going to get to meet Eli from at the right one. in because this is such a, such a fucking fantastic movie. And everybody was so hyped when they announced her that I don't even think they've announced her for any future horror hound. Right. Or any other, this no. was it. She was, she was like, yeah. They they were even saying like this is like a super rare like appearance for her to you know because I guess she primarily I mean I know she's still acting I think but um I think she's more where from where where she's at right like because like she's she's Swedish right like that's that's her yes but she's primarily an actress there in Sweden I think doing film and TV over there I think but um I guess she didn't realize like that the movie had such a big following here in the states. That you know, it just I'm just griping because I I had the chance to meet her and then fucking COVID had to fuck everything fucking up. COVID. Don't get me started on yeah. George Romero. I was that close. Yeah, we were that. Yeah. I, I'd close. cry about that still. Actually, I was actually more excited to meet her than I was Kevin Smith, to be honest with you. That's surprising because <laughs> I, I know and I, and I how much Kevin you Smith. love Kevin Smith. I do Smith, love Kevin but... Smith, but I mean, well, I, I actually would have been able to talk to her. That is the difference because him, it was just going to be a photo op. That's all he was doing because yeah. they knew how crazy his lines were going to be. Oh, he would have been mobbed. Well, but just her, like... I could have. No, go ahead. I'm sorry, Sean. Well, I was going to say, just like with, with Romero, we, we missed out on our chance to meet Romero. Um, same thing with Sid Haig. He was at Horror Hound. And we were like, I mean, I was probably four feet away from him. He was sitting. He looked to, really sick. He was sitting next to Bill yeah. Mosley and they were signing <laughs> autographs and he did. He looked very sick and it, it was wasn't, right before he died. it wasn't maybe two oh, months I, later before he passed. And I was yeah. like, fuck, I didn't do it because his line was so long. Oh, it would have it, it been worth it. I'm honestly like oh. a long time to like. I, I, it's I, one I, of those honestly, hindsight's 2020, and we've been at the con right, all fucking day. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. I, we'd probably talk to Tom Savini like 12 times at this point. Well, I always like to drop <laughs> in and see how he's doing. Like, how you doing? I don't know about fine. And I'm like, hey, how you doing, Tom? Hey, I, what's going on, man? I, I really think I like I, I probably met Sid. Like, I think every single time he was at Monster Mania, I think he was at Monster Mania probably. Four or five times since I yeah, have started he going. Did, he did he was, horror he hounds awesome. every year. Him, him and Bill mostly always together. Well, they were always at, at this one here in Cherry Hill. So it's almost you know that's why we were like it was the same thing like 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 Sean said. We're like yeah the, he'll he'll be at the next one like you know not but I mean but when I saw him at the, at the last one I was like I don't know because he he didn't look too good at that one. Yeah, but, he was really know. sick and I, I, I just decided we regretted that- it. I just decided that next time I meet Savini, if he pisses ice water all over me again, I'm going to ask for my money back. Do it. Oh, dude, can I get my fifty? Can I get my fifty bucks him. back and you can keep the fucking photo? I, but, I can't attest. He he was a dish. Yeah. I, but I, Daddy yeah. Bradley. Sorry, sorry, Candy. Daddy Doug, Bradley was great. Doug Bradley kept staring at my girlfriend's chest. Aww. That's <laughs> well, I mean, that is what I, I I wanted to meet. Um, because like there was the joke with uh, Tom Atkins because uh, I got both Fright Rex shirts, the exact same shirt in two different colors for my birthday that year. And I kept posting it, but like my boobs would smash his head. <laughs> and I think it was Ben that said he wouldn't mind. He loves the ladies. Love the ladies. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I no. want him to stare at my chest and I'd be so, like, that's okay, honey. Long short, if any con promoters are out there listening to this, can you can you book her, please? So to, to yes. Indianapolis and Jersey so we can meet her. Yes, please. because she apparently is open to doing these things. So, and down in Georgia, no. 
Or just one of them and we'll fucking travel. We don't have a problem doing that. You know, like all this talk about sort of horror conventions and things like that. We do, we over here we really don't get the opportunity to go to things like this. And uh I think I've I think though I have banned my co-host Nico from ever attending another one because Comic Con Northeast Scotland was a few months ago. And she successfully managed to piss off Alex Vincent by asking him about the child's play remake, which was just fantastic. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a good way to piss him off. And he's hard to piss off. Yeah, he, 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 he wasn't very impressed. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to stay neither. quiet on this one. No. Yeah, I, no, I, just, I know you have a story. Yeah, I'm just going to stay quiet on this one. I mean, just in case we ever actually get him for the, the other one. But even, even then, I could care less, to be honest with you, because... <laughs> Fuck him, that little fucking troll. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I said what I said. That's okay. He's you all, always do all, it. He's, all, he's, all, he's all fucking, he's like the same size as Chucky, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I'll, fucking, well, I'll, 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 I'll punt that little bitch across the point, fucking. I'm a redhead in the same size as Chucky, so. No, you're you're taller than Alex Vincent. Don't worry. Double no, fucking I'm not. micro motherfucker that he is. I'm not taller than Alex Benson. He's taller than me. Giving you credit. Yo, if we're being honest, I think all three of the ladies on the panel are gonna have a bigger dick than fucking Alex Vincent. <laughs> that, that, that's all I'm gonna say. I got that big dick energy, so it's okay. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little douchebag. Him, him, and, him, and, him and fucking Miko Hughes. They're both little douchebags. You hate child horror actors. <laughs> No, I just hate those two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see about Miko Hughes in, in, in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be nice to you, but he was a little fucking dude, bro. When I fucking I mean, met him, it's I a real thing. And, and I know that Crystal can attest to this. I can attest to this. And Erica can attest to this. There are some that are just nicer to the ladies. I yeah, know he, I got weirded out by um, uh, Pantera. Um, oh, so Elmo, he's a motherfucker. My sister wanted his autograph and like, oh, she better be glad I love her because I felt I like could I kick needed, his ass. I felt like I needed a shower after him and Glenn Danzig. Come at me. I'll <laughs> fucking kick both your asses. So I'm five four and I'm taller. Ironically, Glenn Danzig and, and Alex Vincent both grew up and lived near where I grew up in Jersey in Bergen mm-hmm. County. So um, yeah, I keep yeah. forgetting you're from Bergen County, brother. Yeah. I can say uh, yeah, that's where that's where I graduated from was Bergen Tech. Yeah, I lived in, I lived right near Teterboro Airport for a while. Yeah, so that's where Alex Vincent is from. Also, he's from Hackensack. Oh, yeah. Like that's actually. I like yeah, you I when you that out. when you have enough in you to where your jersey comes out pretty strong, Dave. It's yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> when you know he has had enough alcohol. When I, when I drink and when I like, if I'm watching Goodfellas, like or, my or we talked about right? Goodfellas, your jersey really came yeah, out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Does that work for you too? What's that? When you watch The Sopranos, does it come out too? Because mine comes out yeah, at yeah, big yeah. time when well, Sopranos because, is yeah. on. Yeah, I, I went to school in uh, Englewood Cliffs one year, and that's where okay. I think where he was supposed to have lived, be living was in Englewood Cliffs. Very fancy. Dave, is that? Dave's, okay. Dave makes me laugh because he says when I get pissed off, that's when my real Southern Yeah, comes her out. Southern comes out. My Jersey <laughs> comes out. What am my I, like Midwest a clown? Like, am I amusing? I amuse you? What? I uh I put a lid on it so nobody can tell that I'm from the Midwest. I don't talk like a Midwesterner, but that's oh, because oh. I studied English so obsessively and so extensively through my academic career that I was like, I don't want to talk like these motherfuckers. 
So nobody's like, oh, they're, they're like, you're from the Midwest. You sound like you're from the West Coast. I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, some, sometimes anyway. when, when my shit comes out and I, and I say motherfucker, I, I say it like, like, I don't, I don't just say motherfucker. motherfucker. I, say it, I, say, I say it like fucking like, like Joe Pesci, like you motherfucker. Yeah, it's got no margin at you all. Motherfucker. <laughs> this this I, motherfucker, this motherfucking mutt. Yeah, I I, it, when it I comes first, out. When I first started podcasting, I tried so hard to, to really not have a very scottish accent and <laughs> believe it or not this is still me kind of trying to keep a lid on it a little bit but i don't know how well it really comes across because to it, me it, it does well because when i hear nico talk on your show i sometimes i can't understand him because yeah, yeah. Very fast and- <laughs> yeah nico is cr- uh, chronically aberdonian as i like to call him um, <laughs> but uh yeah so like this is a nico even, thing what can we say even now, <laughs> even now i'm sitting here and I'm, I'm trying to just sort of keep a lid on it but when i'm recording with 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 my nico it's it's because <laughs> i'm because i'm your guys nico so yeah. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> gotta have a nico yeah it's every town pet, has a nico it's my pet nico <laughs> Scottish, it's a brogue, right? Well, the accent's known as a brogue. Yes, a brogue. That, brogue. Right, as opposed to Irish, which is a lilt. Am I right? Yeah, yeah I gotta remember the difference. I know if you if you get them mixed up, you'll piss off either an Irishman yes. or a Scotsman. Yeah. Well, you it's, it's right. What I was when I was I think that's gone to war over shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. yes, we have. When I when We've I was to war over less, yeah. When I was telling <laughs> Ian earlier about my my ancestry results, so like when I was a kid, so my dad he was Vietnam vet and he he had PTSD and all this stuff flashbacks and he drank like a fifth of whiskey a night and when he would get drunk, this really thick Scottish accent would come out <laughs> and I you know it was funny at the time, but then when I got my ancestry results, my dad was adopted and so like we didn't I I had no idea like what his you know, his ancestry was or anything like that. And that's where that Scottish comes from is from my dad's side. And now it all makes sense. Like why he, he did that when he got wasted, like that, that, that true Scotsman really came out. Yeah. What's the expression of Latin vino veritas, right? Yeah. Yes. Like wine is, wine is truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. Your, your true self comes out when you're drunk. Yeah. That's why I always drink when we record. People are drunk about 90% of the time anyway. So. <laughs> I'm, Along I'm, with the Irish, I'm Guinness, right? I, I'm Irish, oh, uh, Scottish, and I was adopted into war. an Italian family. <laughs> so I'm adopted Italian. So I have like all these different cultures that come out of me. No. You know? I'm Irish and Native American, and I have uh, my uh, the one who put the twin gene in my family um, was the the full blooded Cherokee, which is not recognized as a tribe anymore because they intermarried so much, but. Um, yeah, she gave the twin gene. She had uh, what was it, five sets of twins, and my mom was the one who had. You know, it, it skipped until it my mom had my yeah. brothers, and they look extremely Irish. I just look like I don't know, dog from every town, I guess. But anyway, um, <laughs> right. some final thoughts on the films, and we got to do some verses. And we're gonna hear our shitty reviews and give our reviews as uh, we usually do. The little structure that we have on the show. Um, so, so final thoughts I just want to throw in um, what, we, what we didn't bring up but it is sort of in, inferred in my uh, screen name I've chosen for the evening um, oh. the cats and, and yes. you know, when I was growing up you know and, and I like to think that you know us as horror nerds uh, uh, lovers of the genre uh, it, I, I believe Dave has brought this up a couple of times on the show we were we tended to be outcast we tended to be different um so I think there was a part of all of us that sort of identified with some sort of bullying. You know, I think we all experienced it. 
um, at different times. And this really uh, captures, you know, that that's really a, a big part of, you know, it, it gives a different feeling like when Ely says, be me just for a minute, you know, hit him back, you know, fight back because, you know, in Ely's long past, there was a time when Ely was a victim, you know, I, I like that. And I also wanted to talk about, you know, Sean and I, we had practice marriages, you know, this, this is our second marriage, both for both of us, we were both going through really awful marriages at the same time during our younger first marriages. But, you know, we, we've been friends since we were kids, like you little kids, grade school. Um, and I think the most important thing, and this is the relationship advice I can give people. They're like, Oh my God, you have this really awesome you know, marriage and you have, you know, you're with a great person. I'm like, it, I, the best advice I can give somebody is be friends first, because when all else fails, when the shit hits the fan, when, when, you know, money problems or anything else in the romance is, is, is dead, you, you know, you're still fucking friends. And, um, you know, I love that, you know, this is a search. This movie is a search for a companion. Both of them are looking for a friend and a companion, um, an ally. And I think that for whether it's romantic, whether it's a friendship, I mean, it, it doesn't matter because you have to have that. And it's hard to find that right one. And, um, and neither one of them are very good at it. They're both so no. awkward at their own side of it. It's, it's, a, it's adorable and, and mm. heartbreaking at the same time. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that's where you learn that, that lesson to let the right one in. Um, is when you've been through the shit and you realize like, okay, this is not acceptable. And, and I just want someone to connect with me and care about me as a person, not for my sexuality, not for, you know, anything other reason that they just like my company and it doesn't matter, you know, like they accept me as I am. And then that's why it's very important that, you know, Ely eventually is like showing slowly to Oscar, this is, who I am and what I have to do, but that's not all there is to me. And I don't think Ely ever had that ever in, in, in all those hundreds of years. And Oscar is just, you know, is, he's got terrible parents and this bullying happens. And the only time that any attention is drawn, you know, from the parents is, you know, when he cracks Connie in the ear and I was like, hit him again, man. Fuck that kid. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see and, and it's and you know, like I said, this is so subtly and beautifully done that Connie is bullied by his older brother. And that's why he's a fucking bully. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and and just doing basic, you know, psych. We we know that this is how you know violence begets violence. You know, sometimes you grow up in an, an abusive home and you become an abuser. Or, you know, you're bullied, so you bully someone else. You know, the, at that age, they don't really know better. I'm not excusing the behavior, but you you feel kind of that cathartic. Like, yeah, he fought back. He got in trouble for it, gave no fucks because Ely gave him advice that was useful to him. And Ely came back and, 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 you know, saved the day. Like, okay, we're equals, you know, you understand you're me for a minute. You, you got that. And so that was just, you know, what I wanted to, that, that's my, my wrapping up my end of all. I she tells him, she tells him hit back harder than you dare. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I, love, I love that love line. Love it. Okay, final thoughts. Yeah, this is, for me, this is the anti-Twilight. This is, you know, <laughs> you have, you have two, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade, Candy. I Thank know, you. I know how you feel about Twilight. But <laughs> right. The books, the books. 
But I mean, you know, these, they aren't beautiful creatures. These aren't, you know, glamorous looking vampires. These are. They don't sparkle. They don't sparkle. <laughs> at um, all. I know? like sparkles. And, but, but the thing, the thing about this that gets me is think about, think about that. 12 years old. Could you imagine being 12 years old forever for, for oh, 200 no. years? No. God, like, no. Like, I, I hadn't smoked pot. I hadn't had sex. I hadn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, like none of that. And you had just masturbated, Dave. Is that what you I had just say? learned? <laughs> well, I didn't know you could hear that. I had just learned how to masturbate. So, so yeah, actually, that would have been okay doing that forever. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know, I'm okay with that. You're yeah. gonna edit that out, right? No, that's intro no, quote right we there. We never edit any of that shit out, Dave. You know that. <laughs> I, I was 11. So. <laughs> I didn't know what masturbation even was until somebody explained it to me, and I think I was 17. No. Well, I was I was 15 when my mom decided to have the uh, old birds and bees talk. And I'm like, Mom, I've been having sex for two years. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and when our son turned 13, I said, you tell, you tell Ash that this is not acceptable and his mother will fucking kill him. But I also told you not to pick up his socks off the floor because I know what teenage and boys do And I don't. Do I don't even socks. go in his room. I knock. I knock. I don't even go and in his room. it wasn't the same sock. <laughs> well. Because oh. boys are nasty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When he, when he pretty helps, nasty. You should see your daughter. I, I, I had a friend that had a spanky blanky for that. When he comes to me with, with a severe case of athlete's dick, we're going to have fun. <laughs> I'm like, that's your problem. I don't it's know. Like, how. Did you ever see that episode of Family Guy when they go to wash Chris's sheets and it's like, it just breaks and it's like a sheet of glass? <laughs> Dude, my favorite. I'm sorry, we're getting off topic like we always no, do. No, we're, we're my, right favorite, my favorite episode of Family Guy is when they've been introduced to Red Bull and, oh, it, yeah. and it shows it shows. Peter's out there milking the fucking cow and his hand, the udders are on fire. And then you see Chris run behind him and his crotch is on fire. He's like, ah! I'm just going to say, like I said, I don't go in my son's room. I respect my kids privacy, but I always knock. Once he yeah. turned about 12, I always knock. Well, I'm like, see, oh no, I wasn't I'm allowed to go in innocent. there. He got these, he got these two like body pillows. I'm oh, he's going to fucking totally, kill you for totally this. Totally calling him out. <laughs> Let me make sure. I want, I want to make sure he's not behind me. Totally call him out. He, he has, would murder you. He has these two body pillows, and they're these big titted anime girls. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, nice. like I was. I grew up. I grew up in the 80s, early 90s. I had, you know, Kathy Ireland swimsuit edition all over my wall. So you know what? You want some you- big titted anime girls? Do you know how easier it is for these kids to like fucking get like spank material now as opposed to when we were kids? Like we had to get like like playboys. I do not want to think about my son spanking anything. (laughs) They they got like Pornhub and and whatever else the fuck now on their phones they can access now. Easy access. To shield me from the body pillows, I'm like, honey, I know about them, and it's okay. (laughs) Dude, I'm not. I'm not mad at you, or it's it's your life, and I I respect your privacy. No, back in the day, 28k modem. It took me 10 minutes to fucking upload a picture of like tub girl. Like, yeah. Well, there you go. Right there, you are grossing me the fuck out right now. I just knew where my dad hid the one penthouse magazine he had. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I wore that motherfucker out. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> he went to open yeah. it. It was like, <laughs> yeah, like ah. oh my god! Come on now! Like, like pulling <laughs> apart a fucking cold grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome to the house that wanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. 
Man, oh, I was just thinking, Ian, like, Ian, you want to talk about your masturbatory adventures when you were younger? Uh, it was all about the five minute previews on the porn channels for me. <laughs> 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 always start. Oh, no, they start the, oh, wait, wait, they Sean. Sean, yeah, do you remember when minutes. they used to be scrambled? Like on like on whatever? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, like an American pie, it's like, oh, look, there's a titty. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was like, oh, look, a boob. <laughs> we, would, we would get five minutes of unscrambled material. And that was fine because that gave me a chance to, you know, do it about eight times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't know how to masturbate or what masturbation was until I was 17. I'm a babe in the woods here. (laughs) Well, if any ladies listening to the show wondering why their men are like Speedy Gonzalez, this is why. (laughs) Now I know. Thank you. Hey, wait, what? (laughs) But this is also why we have two nuts because we can bust them both. Oh, (laughs) Um, depends on the guy. I guess. Truth. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll go real quick on final final take on the film. Um, <laughs> oh, we're talking and, about a movie. Glad you clarified. And it's it's going to be a hot take a little bit, kind of. I think that that this film actually captures the whole essence of a vampire companion much better than Interview with the Vampire did. I think they're different, but I think they both do their uh, job well. Uh, yeah, um, but I, I think he's I think he's honest. I think it's it's a more realistic take. Yeah, because it's almost like I mean, I, I we get the fact that like Lestat's a, a greedy fuck and he, he is lonely as well, but that's a whole nother can of worms to open up for another episode, I'm sure. Which I'm I'm sure, you know, when, when the whole vampire when we come to a head with the Lost Boys with this and it comes into play with that more with, with the companionship with <laughs> He's just vampires. itching to talk about I that talked about movie. it when we did interview with vampire. Right. But I'm, but I'm saying I, I just like like Lestat's just a greedy prick who he's he's a gaslighter. He really is. He's a I mean, gaslighter. He's an asshole. Yeah, but he's also a lonely prick. But he's also a gaslighter. But this, this, um, I feel like this. Yeah, nailed, great hair, though. Great hair. Yeah, but this, this well, also it. nailed the, you know, the whole vampire needing a, a, a companion. I, I, I th- this was more believable. Not even the fact that it was kids. It was just so. I don't know. Better and, conveyed. Yeah, and don't don't hate like I really wasn't a fan of the interview with the vampire book either. It didn't it didn't come across on the page. I mean, the fact that like honestly, Louie was a fucking wangy bitch through that whole <laughs> yeah. fucking the book and the movie. You, you have yeah, that right. well, I I never liked Louie because I'm like shut the fuck up. I'm on I mean, team with that because I'm like please shut the fuck up. I mean, this is why. Like, I mean, I think I think the vampire Lestat is the better of the two books, if we're being honest. And, I, I I agree. I think it is Le- Lestat was a better character whatever but i mean we served his purpose it's really louis that that sucks <laughs> louis kind of ruins the whole vibe it's like if it was kendrick lamar bitch don't kill my vibe it's like louis don't kill my vibe because you ruined it <laughs> it was because he was the introductory into the vampire and I, which you're, you're we're correct he is um then the fact that he's obsessed with armand it's like but fuck you like what's that's the better of the two but whatever um i i just i just think that this movie really hit the nail on the head as far as like the vampire companionship and like uh, like a vampire needing like that 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 you know link to the to the mortal world so to speak i I think this did a better job and ironically it's with children Mm. goes back to simplicity yes floor is open uh one of for me one of the biggest differences between the american one and this one in, in the american one her familiar, what's that actor's name? I plays, I can't think of his name. He was he's an amazing actor though. Uh, 
there's a scene where you see that he has photos of himself with her when he was young. So it's not, he, and I don't, so they're not implying that he was a pedophile, but more like he was, it was romantic or, or friendship. I think it changes the whole, mm-hmm. changes the whole dynamic. Um, because uh, in that one, you see what he's going to be, what he's, what, what uh, Oscar is going to get into where in this one, you get the, you know, hopefully that, he's not going to wind up like uh, Harkin. Was that his Akan. name? Akan. Yeah, he's not going to wind up like Akan, where I think in the American one, you think it's almost inevitable. Uh, yeah, you get you get the impression in this one that uh, his fate is going to be different than Hakan because he is a true friend of her, is not, uh, not a pedophile, not uh, someone who's trying to victimize her or use her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole thing is, yeah, when he pours the acid on his face, motherfucker had it coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he carried that acid around, like that was his, that was his, that was his escape plan the whole time. He carries around a jar of acid. Like, <laughs> and he like fucked caught. that up too. And, and he wants, to, and, and he wants to get caught. That final scene in the gym. I mean, what's the, what's the dumbest fucking way ever to like try to, you know, kill somebody. He ties him up in a gymnasium where there's kids everywhere outside smoking and whatever. He wanted yeah. to get caught. Well, he, I don't. In I, fact, I, in the American one, he, the, that character says, maybe I want to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a, like dude i mean to me that's the biggest difference between the american one and this one is that 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 character you know what too that that could also be how how as you know because at 12 i know we're we're still kind of like that childlike innocence but we also start start thinking like we we know shit more than what we do and maybe (laughs) Mm -hmm. we maybe that was kind of a plan the fact that like we see adults at that point as like bumbling idiots too also that hakan had a the reason that he did what he did was because Here's uh, an eternal child that yeah. can victimize. Uh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so so icky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Icky, icky. Yeah. I didn't even know about that plot element until today, but yuck. <laughs> uh, one one thing I found kind of interesting watching rewatching it though was, um, uh, you know, at first I thought, well, she just because she's still in the body of a child, you know, maybe it's easier for her to have someone else do the hunting and killing for her. But then I rewatched it. I thought, well, maybe it goes beyond that, that if, if she bites someone and they survive, they turn into a vampire and maybe she wants to spare people from that fate perhaps. Um, so I thought, well, maybe that that's part of the motivation um, from, from Ellie's side. Um uh, <clears throat> But I, I do like the subplot of, of the woman who's bitten and, and is turning into a vampire and uh, bursts into flames in the hospital. Right, yeah. Uh, but I, I love the cat attack scene uh, as well. And it's like, I'm not aware of like vampire uh, lore about cats attacking them or, or hating them on site. But I thought that was an interesting element. <laughs> that's just cats. I think that's just cats. Well, yeah. I think dicks and we love them anyway. <laughs> I think that probably plays off of cats and dogs and those type of animals uh, sensing supernatural things and uh, and just going on uh, the attack of, of that. I think yeah. that's probably where that came from. Yeah, remember the omen, the, the giraffes at the zoo and, yeah. that, 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 and, that, the, and, and the baboons. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that 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 scene with with the uh, actor in that house or the apartment with all the cats, that's going to be candy after I die. 
Yeah. <laughs> you made the deal that you like that I die first. That That's the deal because you could handle my death better than I could handle yours. Mm-hmm. We made a pact. That's we'll the see. deal. We'll see. <laughs> the only thing about that is what that apartment must have smelled like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see him on an episode of Hoarders. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I love cats, but I was kind of like, how would I split my? Yeah, you know, she's got training? twelve more in the freezer. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! no. Oh. God, thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I meant to say this, uh, but I'll, I'll say it because I kind of started out with cat thing and then I stopped. I, I, I switched. Yeah, I yeah. I remember say, yeah, I, I, um. I always said, you know, because people are like, well, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? And I, ever since I was a kid, I always said, I want to be a vampire. They're like, that's not a superpower. I'm like, the fuck it's not. But if it means that I can't have kitties, then I have to, like, rethink a lot of things because I have <laughs> to have cats. I need to become the kind of vampire that's okay with cats, like whatever vampire that is. But, uh, yeah, I always want to be a vampire. That's why I have, like, the whatever that's weird piercing stories. But looks like I have two. <laughs> A vampire's bitten me from the piercing I have. Took it out the scar that way. So very rare called vampire bites. But yeah, if, if it means I can't have cats, I'm rethinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ian, um, what, are you, what would you like to say? At the- yeah, just uh, going back to, you know, someone someone earlier had mentioned that, you know, this comes up on sort of the, the lists of like greatest modern vampire movies. I, I think this is one of the greatest vampire movies of all time. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it goes way beyond modern vampire movies you know it definitely deserved to be up there on those lists of you know greatest films of the noughties or the 21st century films or whatever, whatever these lists are and things like that i think that i think despite the fact you know it was it was said earlier as well you know this has now got a cult following i still think in a way this is sort of criminally underrated by the masses in a way that this that you know the the movie really deserves a little bit more recognition that that I think that actually gets from genre fans. Yes, I think you know we have that appreciation for it. You know all the things that we've discussed here today. But I think just in a, a wider perspective, I think this movie this movie talks to so much more than just the horror involved in it. This this I think this movie really transcends genre. It does. Totally forgot about this. Um, Showtime is actually adapting this into a series. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I totally forgot. And I, I wasn't sure what was going on, and I had to look it up real quick. But um, apparently, they're, they're still Nick, Nick Stahl, who I haven't seen since uh, Sin oh, City, wow. is yeah. going to be in the film. Um, and it's got a pretty interesting cast um, so far for the series. So I'd, I'd be curious to, to see how this this turns out. I don't think I it's going to be. I would hope that as... they would preserve the integrity of the story. I hope, but I I don't I don't have high hopes. But you know, best you never to have know. that bar real low. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. That yeah, way, I guess the you... I guess the good thing about doing something so much later is now you have all of this ammunition from all of the reviews <laughs> that are like you know, I mean I'm telling you so many fucking <laughs> bad reviews for this were complaints that it wasn't closer to the book. Mm. So, you know, maybe maybe they see that and they're like, hey, you know, let's do something uh, that's uh, going to be closer to the written material. Yeah. You know? And, 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 and then people can up. complain about that. So <laughs> and those are the will. same people who, like, when you talk about a band, they, like, have to tell you that they knew the band before they were popular. Oh, that's so good. Like, like, oh, you, you fucking edgelord. Aren't that's you so special? Hip. Fuck no. you. <laughs> yeah. 
I yeah, listened. To, I listened to Nickelback before they were cool. When were they cool again? I'm sorry. <laughs> total total crickets on that one. <laughs> Maybe but, um, they were cool for one song, and that was it. <laughs> no, what song was that? Because I, I haven't heard it yet. One hit radio song. Gone. Oh, Sean was like, I, I knew Blumhouse before you, motherfuckers. Did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still doesn't yeah, think I he did. looks like Jason I Blum, don't. but the I more really that I don't. see Jason Blum, the more I'm like, he does. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> Because I look at this you're, man every you're, day. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome yeah. for that one. <laughs> I see it, and I'm married to it. Yeah. Well, just, those divorce papers will be sitting on the counter. Sir, Dude, she, I'm she's, taking she's, the kids and the cats in and the house, and she's getting and half the, the Blumhouse too. <laughs> yeah, the Blumhouse and the money. I'm taking everything. Sounds like the Blumkin House. <laughs> <laughs> the Blumkin House. <laughs> So at this juncture, we are doing what we haven't done for a minute. We're going to do our verses. This was Nico. Nice's the boss's idea. Oh, and versus? I really liked it. Yeah. Versus? Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to take one yeah. from Crystal. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, around the world, around the world. ladies and gentlemen. No, you do not. No, uh, you do it much better. <laughs> yes, you do. I love you and all, but you know, that sucked. Um, so <laughs> with versus, it's not me and Sean. Um, uh, Nico suggested that we do the vampire Lestat, who has been brought into conversation tonight, versus Eric Northman from True Blood, which has also been brought into conversation tonight. Um, I already have a winner on this. For, for me so i'm just gonna launch into it sometimes i have to think about it like as we discussed but i already know you can't convince me otherwise lestat because now i know eric northman is like he as he says in the show every episode i'm over a thousand years old and i fucking love alexander skarsgård like to no end but lestat if you've read the books uh that motherfucker's been through everything and it's even, you know, even if you've just seen the interview with the vampire movie, like that motherfucker just comes back. Like he can do all kinds of shit. He can have, he can create a rock band that can wake the queen of the damned. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like Eric Northman. He may be over a thousand years old and a badass, but Lestat, nothing can take him down. You cannot, you know, he's fucking Lestat. Like he's, he's a God basically. So I have to pick Lestat. And it was, I did think about it, but I didn't have to think about it too long. So Lestat. Okay. Eric Northman, 100%. You know why? He's a fucking Viking. Thank you. <laughs> End of story. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Lo- so we Lestat, got two. He's, he's, two a, he's, a, he's, he's a little bitch compared to fucking Eric. No. Yes. Well, he's, a fucking Lestat Viking. Way, way, way more. But <laughs> he's okay. A Viking. So we got two Eric's, one Lestat. Uh, who's, who wants to go? Uh, I'll try to get it out of the way, but I'm not the best person to judge this because I, while I've seen Interview with the Vampire, I've not read the books um, still. So I'm missing out on a lot of, uh, you know, backstory or additional story of Lestat. I have watched the whole True Blood series to my chagrin, and I thought it... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Went to shit, especially in the last couple seasons. Uh, the ending was like 
the, the series ending was one of the worst series endings I've ever seen. Okay, uh, you can say uh, it. It, was, it was a typical HBO ending. I was going to say, that's, this that's is what, what HBO do. does. It shits all over you. Yeah, and like maybe maybe not quite as bad as the way they ended Dexter originally, but really Ooh, fucking that bad. Was that was bad. That was rough. <clears throat> um, but you know, like nonetheless, like just based on my limited knowledge, I'd probably go with Eric. Okay, that's three Eric, one Lestat. Somebody take my side here. <laughs> uh, I watched. I, I watched the first season of True Blood, and it made me feel like I'd been alive forever, and was forced <laughs> to watch it. I'm gonna, <laughs> Uh, so, I, so I know what it was like to be damned. So I'm going to have to go with Lestat just because, yeah, I did not get into True Bloods at all. Sorry. <laughs> and, I, and I like the frilly, the frilly ascots, you know, maybe that shit. So that's good. Though. Three, Eric. Two, oh, no. Is that four, Eric? Hold on. I've lost count. That's a Lestat. I'm giving no, that's, that's Lestat. three, Eric, two, Lestat. Three, Eric, two, Lestat. two Lestat. I was making sure I had my Eric's correct. So, so let's, let's do this. Who, who needs to go? Krista. Um, <laughs> So, we're doing Lestat versus who? Eric, Eric from Northman True from True Blood. Okay, so True Blood I couldn't get into, even though it's got my bay, uh Joe Manganiello in it. Mm. Um, yes, he, uh, he is naked he a is, lot. He is life. Um, Alcide. Um, he is. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so say how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got distracted. But, um, Lestat's not exactly my favorite, but I, out of the two, I, I just I, I could not get into True Blood. Period. Uh, nothing could could make me love that show. Not even my bae. Um So I, I mean, I've got to give this to Lestat because um, at least at least I can go to Nolans and um, um, and I used to spend a lot of. Uh, Fat Tuesdays uh, down there on Bourbon Street. Um, so, uh, let's stand. Nice. Oh, okay. Poor, poor Ian. I really <laughs> didn't want to break the tie. You're the tiebreaker, bro. You got to break the tie. Ian, um, no pressure. Normally, so, I'm the tiebreaker. I have never seen an episode of True Blood in my life. I've not read any of the Southern Vampire Mysteries books. However, based on the fact that he's a Viking, I have to go North. Oh. Thank I demand you. a recount. Thank you. <laughs> that is the sorriest excuse ever. Okay. Oh, well, he's a Viking. So, like, but you guys don't understand. There's like I'll, 10 I'll, books I'll, about Lestat. Like, this uh, to be fair, I, I did watch the entire True Blood series and I know how badass Eric is, too. He so. really is a badass. I'm a Scotsman. I'm a Viking. I'm a Scotsman. I have yes. to go with my, my blood. Yes. yes. So, in a wrong kind of way, uh, Eric Northman won. And, and I love Alexander Skarsgård, and I actually love the character of Eric. Now, but, uh, can, can I, I just say, can I just say that if you put Eric Northman up against Bill Paxton's character in Near Dark, I may have, I may have a little yeah, bit of Yeah, that, that, that would have been a little tough. I just think everyone I, I needs to read more. Oh, and you're plus, looking plus, good. Honestly, too, it's, that's right. it's, but that's not fair, man, because it's like, it's Bill Paxton. He's great I in know, everything. I know. Yeah. But Alexander Skarsgård, oh my god, yeah, he's. I got a boner right now just thinking about him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I could tell from another room. I could just sense it. He could suck me dry anytime. <laughs> <laughs> you like him oh, and well, 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 Casey well, 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 in, in the final. Well, I'm sorry, uh, not now. <laughs> the final season where they're in bed together, like getting ready to like go right. to countdown. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you wish you were Jason Stackhouse in that dream sequence? Oh. Is, that, is, that really... is this the same? Is this the same gentleman that is in the new 
like Viking the Northman, yeah. Yeah, the Northman. Yeah, yeah. Which was a great fucking movie. Oh we saw it in the theater. Oh my god, it was so good. I, I liked it quite a lot you, uh, you do know ironically he was he got he was like this close to being thor right yeah from yes. marvel yeah all i know is that this gentleman was tormented by it growing up <laughs> yeah but wise well because stella skarsgård like had 18 million fucking kids <laughs> i couldn't keep it in his pants he was like i'm gonna knock up every woman i meet yeah i'm not mad at him. I'm just saying, you're a little Viking well, there, man. That some of the kids turned out great. Some of them are unfortunately a little, little, little not so good looking. I think well, most <laughs> of it went to Eric. Uh, I mean, right. you know, but, but then, but then, Floki in the Viking series also not was cute. It, was it? Was it Gustav? Is that? Is is, that yeah, Gustav. Gustav, um, phenomenal fucking actor. Well, maybe, so maybe, maybe not the best looking Skarsgård, but. And so was Bill, but I mean, I think Alex is the best of them. Yes. I still didn't pick him. Anyway, time for... Crystal. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I had to change it up. Just zero, you did. zero effort. That Just... was... The... <laughs> that was a Swedish film. I had to do... It tried to do an accent. That, that was the Ikea version? <laughs> version you need to go down to stall 326 being being 15 and and slot 10 bring, bring in alan wrench <laughs> yeah my son's obsessed with ikea and it's really is yeah we have an ikea, IKEA is my happy place we that's I- my son's happy place we have an ikea about 30 minutes away and that's what he know. wanted to do he's on always, his birthday yeah on his birthday he's IKEA. like can you take me to ikea and we're like what the fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he's obsessed there's a bookshelf called Billy. Bill, Billy, and he wants the fucking Billy bookshelf. So. My son, who doesn't read. Is that, yeah. Billy? that is Billy. Yeah. That hurts my heart. Um, yeah, yeah, Ikea is, is my happy place. Um, your, your child is my spirit animal. Mine is Ulta, <laughs> but, you know, I'm a makeup person. So yeah. I mean, I love Ulta tonight. and Sephora, too, but they kind of get me a little anxious. But I can, I can zone out in Ikea and fucking get some meatballs. <laughs> I can spend five hours smelling perfume. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's hear these shitty reviews. <coughs> yes. All right. So, so we are going to start out um, with the Rotten Tomato score. Holy shit! Um, hundred and ninety-four critic reviews on this. Ninety-eight percent. Fuck yeah! And uh, over fifty thousand audience uh, reviews. Ninety percent. God so, damn, that's the highest we've ever had on this show. Really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start out small and work our way up to a real doozy. Um, I don't know. I will save that one for the last. Um, (laughs) Z Walker says, uh, the biggest mistake watching this film is watching this film. Oh, Oh, he's so funny. Speaking of jerking off. Yeah. Yes, yes. Augustine says, uh, they let the wrong one in to watch this fucking piece of shit. No. <laughs> uh, Seth B nineteen says, "Damn Swedes, took a sweet book and made it lifeless. 
Bad look, fellas. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Madeline says, there's literally a scene where they just brush their teeth for 30 seconds. I think that says all you need to know about this movie. <laughs> what? Lynn just recommend two minutes. He's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tasso says, I feel angry with myself because I'm sitting two hours watching this crap. James E. says, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The only reason I watched the whole thing was because I was actually waiting for th something good to happen. I wouldn't recommend this to my enemies. What? <laughs> there anyone if they have friends. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, this one's a little long, so bear with me. Um, misguided at best, perverse at worst. This is nonsense. A love story with a vampire. It ends with a boy going traveling with his vampire girlfriend whose touch is cold and who can't help killing. Unlike all the evil people in the West who kill out of choice. Is this the author's message? It's pathetic. Some nice people are killed here. People just out having a good time. The only moral act is the infected woman's act of asking the hospital attendant to open the curtains, sensing that the light will kill her. It does. Good on her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is Sweden's suicide note. Perverse. I only gave it one star because there was nowhere to enter what I think it deserves. Negative seven. <laughs> seven in particular, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Perverse. Wow. Somebody who starts using perverse and moral, I'm like checking out. I know. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've read some of these shitty reviews and it is like these ultra conservative pieces of shit. Yeah. I remember the last one where it wasn't even about, they're like, I haven't seen this movie, but here's what's wrong with America. And why <laughs> right, right. Right. Said Jesus into our hearts enough. And then, you know, things like this happen. I mean, I mean, I haven't seen the movie or anything, but, you know, fuck this movie. You know? Right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an odd one. Uh, Vampires are bad, but our Second Amendment rights. Yeah, living <laughs> in Indiana, that's some real shit. I can't even. I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't. But I feel like vampire films are, or at least vampire characters, are by definition amoral. Unless yeah. they're whiny bitches like Louie in Interview with Them. Which you just want him to be, you know, like evil. Like, shut the fuck up and, you know, shut up. Yeah. Just basically, really. Die, shut up. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> but we needed him as character. But then True. we were like, great, gracefully moved away. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, Anne Rice. <laughs> what if you had a vampire who was really into the Second Amendment and did the whole, you can have it when you take it from my cold at hands? Because the vampire's hands are always cold and dead. Uh, or, yes. <laughs> great Think idea. about that for a second, huh? My God, <laughs> why? I, I, just, I just did. I don't want to. I can't. No, my brain will break. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that's all I got. So, in rebuttal, I will give my review. I give this 10 out of 10 cats. I hate vampires. Um, you, you can't give this any other score, um, in my opinion, you know, but what do I know? I'm, you know, just wrong or something. But no, really, I, I like a slow burn. But I've never, ever, if it's done well, I'm never bored. And so I tend to be our slow burn fan. But mm -hmm. I, I like something where it pays off and, and there's 
you know, so many, like we talked about the simplicity of the film. We talked about how many themes are in the film, but yet it's still simple. I mean, like this is something you couldn't, you can't replicate. And, and we know that because they did an American remake and you know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't replicate that. I mean, I think people wish they could make a movie and have it do what it needs to do. Like this one does while it does not have everything from the book in it, it is implied. Um, and the theme is, is the same. You, you really get it. And I think it speaks to people on so many levels on so many issues. Um, you know, this is a queer horror film and it's one that we needed. Um, I love vampire movies. I, I'm a vampire, like a gothic vampire fan. So I like them pretty and stuff. But like, I, you know, this is like something that I didn't, you know, like if you put it on paper, I did, I don't know that like it's just in front of me, like, okay, they're, they're not pretty and, you know, they're not like whatever. But I'd be like, ah, you know, just give me some, some fucking Dracula or something. But no, I love this. Uh, it's, it's just one of the best vampire films I've ever seen. That's really high accolades for me. Um, I'm very picky about my vampires. And we know this. <laughs> After all these years, we know this. So I, I can't give it anything other than a perfect score. I've only seen it twice. And I get the fucking film. I get the message. And it's just better every time. It's one of those films that, like, you can watch... You can just keep revisiting it. And every time it's, it's just better. And uh, so, yeah, 10 out of 10 cast. I hate vampires. <laughs> All right, real quick. I'm going to give it uh 10 out of 10 uh, little pale boys in tidy whiteies. Ew. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I absolutely love this fucking film. Uh, I, I think it's a cinema cinematic masterpiece. Um, I'll use the word I used earlier. Exquisite. You don't hear me use that very often. Um, I the the cinematography in this is great. The sounds in this is great. Uh, Candy mentioned the Foley artist. Um, you know, kind of disheartened that I didn't hear a Wilhelm scream in there somewhere. But um, you know, it's it, it, <laughs> it's just everything about this is great. You know, this is a a fantastic like coming of age story with two adolescent youth. Um, one being bullied and one being stuck in a situation that, you know, maybe he, they, them didn't want to be a part of, um, but, but just having to deal with it and, and finding someone to tag along on that journey. Um, just it, this film is just brilliant. So 10 out of 10, uh, little pale boys and tidy whities <laughs> Okay. Uh, Nico. I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 uh, snowy courtyards um, to kind of echo what you both said. This is probably one of the most beautifully shot films, period. Not not just vampire or horror. This is one of the most beautiful films shot, period. <clears throat> like I said earlier, um, I don't think it was the vampire movie that we knew that we needed. And at, at the time that it came out, uh, is this my all-time favorite vampire movie? No, because that, that's coming up soon. Um, it's up there though. I mean, in general, this is probably one of the, not only just the greatest horror films ever made, this is probably one of the greatest films made period. Um, it doesn't get enough love, even though I feel like it does. If that makes sense. It's, it's weird because like, it's such a, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like it's kind of cult, but it's almost not in a, in a weird way. Does that make sense? Kind mm -hmm. of. Yeah. Um, I feel like the American remake, um, helped, 
this film find its audience that kind of wanted to discover what the big deal was with that one, why it was even getting an American version of the film. Um, and nothing against that remake. Like we said earlier, I, I don't hate it. I don't think it's a bad remake as far as remakes go. Obviously, Matt Reeves went on to better things with, you know, the Batman and, you know, Cloverfield and, and whatever. But um, this one is the one. And plus, I, I think it all boils down to, the, to, to, to your two lead characters, really. And, you know, especially Lena and Lee Anderson carrying the whole weight of the film on her shoulders to, to really portray that character the way that she did, which was fearless, by the way. She gives a fearless portrayal in this film. And, you know, I honestly, whenever somebody asks me, like, you know, what, what's a good horror movie, let the right one in. I always say let the right one in and frailty because I know people haven't seen either mm-hmm. one. And I always say watch them both back to back. They're both two very different movies, but I, I really think you'll get the, the genius of both. So, um, yeah, I, I love this film. I loved it the first time I saw it. I knew that it was something special by the time it was over that I had to watch it again right after. And yeah, I can't, I can't give an race of this. So 10 out of 10 snowy courtyards. I love this film. Perfect. Um, who would like to go next? I can go. Um, <clears throat> I have to give this a uh, 10 out of 10 attack cats. Uh, it's uh I'm not always a big fan of like the vampire subgenre, but this film is outstanding. Um, just just the way that it tells the story and shows its relationship is so uh, touching. And the film, like visually, is just gorgeous. As you know, others have already mentioned. I can't really find any fault with this film at all, and, and it's definitely one that can stand up to a lot of rewatching. So yeah, it's it's one of those I just have to give a perfect score to. Okay, um, who would like to go next? I'll go. Uh, ten out of ten uh, interfering snow poodles. Because mm. uh, <laughs> that, that that's what that that scene always cracks me up. He looks over and the dog's just kind of staring. I'm like, what you doing, man? It's just so funny. And he's like trying to shoo the dog off. <laughs> but no, I, I I love this movie. I I've seen it uh, a bunch of times before. Um, I was. Happy to watch it again. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I love it. Yes, what I do. What? I don't know. That looks like a death stare, which I get <laughs> a lot. So I'm curious to hear what she has to say. Everybody's giving this a ten. I don't know yeah, that so yet. Far. Two people have gone. You and Ian. So far, I zoned out and had uh, found something on my phone. Um, that puts me in a predicament. Oh, um, no, it just puts me in a predicament of, of rating because, you know, I've heard people in and out mention this wasn't their favorite uh, vampire movie, but they still gave it a 10. So that just, um, uh, I know, I do me, but then I get ragged on not being a unanimous 10. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you, whatever. Um, I, I guess I'll give it a uh, 10 out of 10 uncredited vagina eggs. Um, <laughs> it, it's not, you know, a, a, a bad movie. It's not, um, you know, tops for me. Um, it, it is what it is. It, it's beautifully shot. Um, 
it um, has some great kills in it. Um, and, and thankfully, it, for me, inspired the American remake, or else I probably never would have seen it until the podcast. Um, but I'm glad that, um, that the American remake was shot and that I was exposed to it that way and then sought out this version. Um, but the cinematography on this film is beautiful. Uh, the sound is beautiful and the message uh, is, is wonderful. Um, uh, so uh, 10 out of 10 uncredited vagina X. <laughs> Holy shit, Chris. It's a forceful, it's a forceful 10. It's peer pressure 10. I um, got bullied into it. It follows the message of the movie. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say before Ann goes, you know that like I'm always just kidding with you. I fuck with the people that I love. OK. And and you know that like I don't I don't want you to ever give a rating that you don't mean. And but I, I am very pleased that we got a 10 from you and I'm I'm happy about it. Like I'm like kind of in shock. But well, <laughs> well, you know, generally I get to go last. But Dave has been like jumping in there. Um, So like I was just kind of like wondering, you know, like. I was kind of like, kind of listening to everybody's rating, but kind of like toning it out and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. peer pressure. <laughs> okay. So, wow. Um, let's hear from Ian. This is the second time in this episode where the pressure is really, really on. Uh, if you I'm... give it less than a 10, then like, fuck everybody. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 jars of acid. Um, this... You know, when I'm when I'm reviewing movies, one of the things when I'm trying to figure out ratings is I always try to think of right. Well, what's what am I taking points away for? For you know, and I genuinely can't think of anything to take points away from this movie. Yeah, it's echoing everything that you guys have said. You know, pacing of this movie for me is perfect. Cinema cinematography is excellent. Thematically, you know, I I think I do think this movie is ahead of its time. Um, and and I just. I just think this is the perfect movie. We, I'm sure, like you guys, you know, we've covered quite a few vampire movies on on our show now. Um, some of the some of the big hitters, you know, we've done things like Near Dark and Lost Boys and and some of the other stuff. And you know, Nico and our show will probably disagree with me, but I think this surpasses all of them. I think this is the greatest vampire movie of all time. And like Nico said earlier, I think this is just one of the greatest movies of all time. Wow, it's been a long time since I've been able to say this, but we just got a fucking perfect score. We're a very short list, and I am so happy to, yeah, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased. Yay. Yay. And I think it deserves it, too. It absolutely does. It 100% deserves it. We have fought this ginormous cat the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the tail go. Yeah, we, we see like, cameo cat. appearances of Buddy's tail. I have fought him the entire episode. Buddy, hi. 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 I love Buddy and I love Tibby. All of your guys' cats are my cats too. I don't know if you know that. No, yeah. But most he, of all, we love Ian. Thank you. Yeah, for staying like, up so late. Night, dude. I, I, I don't love me more than cats. You can love cats more than me. That's fine. <laughs> I well, might love so... cats more than anybody, but you guys are all, you know. 
Yeah, we love all of you, but Ian, we're grateful that you stayed up so late. I know yes. with the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's sunrise in an hour's time. So I'm actually, <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm not, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow! I'm, I'm not tired. You know what? Actually, once I finish this, I'm going for a walk. I'm going to go down the beach. And I'm going to watch the sunrise. Oh, oh man, that sounds beautiful. That sounds fucking awesome. It does. Hell yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just glad you could be here. I'm glad I could be here. It was dicey right before the show. I feel a little I feel much better. And I'm so glad I could be here for this now. Yeah. Like, you know, because I was like, oh God, I want to talk about it. But like, yeah, perfect score. I'm I'm fucking pumped. But uh <laughs> so Ian, uh, would you like to tell listeners where they can find you? Yeah, so for people who don't know, obviously I run the podcast of the damned horror podcast we review a different podcast every single week you can find us on twitter we're at damn podcast we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on tiktok it's all podcast of the damned um our episodes this week we're on saw we've got a minisode coming out on choose or of on choose or die and in our next couple of episodes we're going to be doing innocent blood speaking Mm -hmm. of uh speaking of vampire movies that's our next episode (laughs) it's a a fun one and then uh (laughs) we're also going to be doing uh completely forgotten what we're going to be doing resident evil resident evil we're going to be doing bless your heart i was the one that like totally talk about fucking up a movie i was like i give it a two (laughs) (laughs) and you're you're, you're still being too kind i know i I gave it a two because i love the resident evil franchise my daughter's name is veronica because code veronica was out when i was pregnant and i was on bed rest with her and it was like the newest resident evil game so I, and it was resident evil code veronica so i named it veronica well i feel like um on my show I'm, v- I'm very much starting to lose my reputation as being a very harsh critic i've been <laughs> i feel like i've been overly generous over the past so you've number turned of into months. me. <laughs> so i feel like with resident evil it's my opportunity to sort of regain and sharpen my my evil hating on thing fans. there you go <laughs> hell yeah it's a good one to do it up it. yes it does <laughs> How dare you make me pay a full ticket price for this shit? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I'll just get our plugs out of the way because I kind of my plugs are our plugs. Um, Obviously, um, this is a house of screams and I am the one who runs my mouth the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do all of our socials. Um, You can uh, reach out to us. Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. That would be at house underscore screams uh, where you can contact me directly. That is me. You'll see uh, girly stuff sometimes that's like, wow, that's not horror related, but that's me. Um, and then the Instagram is candy, the final girl, but I do it as representatives of the podcast. Uh, but it, really, there's so many things. Uh, everybody like podcasts and DM is linked. Uh, everybody in our podcast network that Ian here runs uh, FE podcast network. That yes, we are sir. very proud to be a member of. But uh, so everything's in my link tree, link tree slash candy final girl. So many things in there. I'll let Erica plug some of the stuff that's on there. But yeah, basically, that's the simple short form. And I'm Sean of the Dead. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, do not follow me. You'll waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's funny. Um, who would like to go next? I'll just go. Um, okay. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at El Jefe Del Horror. The boss. And Candy and I have something special cooking up hopefully soon. Yes. So, and then I have mine on my link tree, everybody on the podcast here, and even Podcast of the Damned. Um, 
links to all that on there as well. So. Okay. Um, who would like to go? Sure. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at my horrific life or on my website, my Um, but I especially want to plug, uh, final girl cosmetics dot makeup. Uh, you can find, uh, Iskanov dreamscape collection there, which benefits my friend, Andre Iskanov and, uh, helps with his medical expenses and his poor cat's medical expenses. And also, uh, the final girl, uh, bundle, which has like, Really cool earrings and a nice, like, very fun pastel uh, quad eyeshadow palette and, like, several more products to be listed shortly, just waiting on that, the labels to come. Uh, but, yeah, j- check it out, please. And, uh, yeah, thank you for uh, everyone's support so far. Yeah, we, we, f- we are so excited to be official. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave and Crystal? Uh, nothing to plug. Uh, great to see Ian again. Love you all. Anywhere you find Dave, you can find me. Oh. You guys are so cute. It's so <laughs> adorable. We're adorable, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I was like, get this bitch out my house. No, that was peer pressure. <laughs> Anywhere you can find candy, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I love all of you guys. I'm I'm so glad that you know we're all here and and we got to talk about this amazing film and it's been really really great. So I love you guys. Love Have you. Good night. night. Thank you for being here. Love you, love guys. you guys. Good night. Take care. Good night. <laughs>